Greetings everyone, this is V, aka Vernon English, bright and early, and yes, this is the Hearing Colors to Kill Sounds podcast. Greetings, greetings, greetings. Get comfortable, grab a coffee or tea, and yes, I'm going to speak very clearly and a bit more pronunciating my words so that people will understand what it is that I'm saying. This is V, aka Vernon English, and thank you for listening to this podcast. It is honestly a joy to do, and I'm thankful that I have this opportunity to share with others, and I'm just thankful for this, and you have no idea how thankful I am. So thank you (laughs) so that I can express that. Uh, Hit the subscribe button. Let someone know about the podcast. I'll be adding more pieces and adding more stories soon. So be looking for the news and the new ones and uh, quite possibly the fourth book, which I'll be adding on. So I'll be doing that within this week, next week, the week afterwards. Uh, Just take some time and uh, be patient with me. I just have to write these things down so that I can actually remember what it is that I'm telling you guys. And, uh, yeah. So, basically, after me explaining the goings about a carnation and another storyline that is particularly individualistically the ending of book two, then we'll jump into... The explanation of book three, how that came along. But for now, I'll be explaining this part right here. And it's not too confusing. It is quite uh, ending in a very good light because uh, it's a stark raving difference from the first book. And the second book, I was trying to find a way to end it, but not have it proverbially just end on a flat note or anything like this. I wanted it to have something to entice someone's thinking. And someone mentioned this just the other day about how when I spoke, uh, it prompted her to think of other things in a different light. And I, once again, do not play off of my own ego, but want to accentuate that feeling a bit more when people think of other ideas or other things that quote-unquote may or may not have been in their their quote-unquote peripheral at the beginning of the day but having scratched the surface of my uh, writings and things like this then they could and so that excites me a little bit more that I get the opportunity to do that. And um, I'm just thankful that someone else is responding to it the same way or uh, differently than what I do. Uh, It just lets me know that when you give it to the people or give it to anyone, it's up to them to have their own interpretation of it. So yeah, that's generally the case when someone makes art or makes something uh, a piece of clothing or makes uh, some statements it's very 
very fun. <laughs> also, uh, and the ideals that I have as far as writing and other things, the way that I think about life, please understand that those are my opinions and that they are always subject to change and that I'm always adapting into what it is that I consider my version of a writer to be. But in no way do I consider that to be the only way. <laughs> it, it, there's so many ways of expressing self. So I, I had to put that in there as an anecdote for anyone uh, wondering what certain things I stand for or politically or whatever. As an artist, I revere these things of uh, non disclosure but then too a, a bit of anonymity and uh what would you call this mm, anonymity and then neutrality when it comes to certain issues because making a stance always has a general sense of um being very root and once it is root you you cannot make that said decision again or unmake it <laughs> it it, it turned it certainly is something that as you stand for you that you have the reasoning for doing so and my reasoning for doing a lot of different things is just to be an artist and just to understand what it is that i'm willing to express so that, that that's all for that and it's a complete and sounds like an anecdote, but later on in life, you'll understand why I'm stating this. <laughs> so, let's get back to the story. Now, this is uh, through the cosmic rabbit hole gate of fate and back again. And obviously, as I mentioned before in the last one, this one is indicative of uh, Alice in Wonderland and these beings uh, jumping through... Uh, incarnation or space now one of the things that I wanted to comment and say is that we'll finish this one on this run um, in this segment but I had to split it up just because it's a large pill to swallow and no it's not I'm not even giving colors it's just a lot of things to process when thinking about uh, life or even doing life again or the goings about of making that decision and I sat with this concept for a while and, and I tell people this but I truly do actually embody that when I'm thinking of something and I'm thinking I'm like okay well this person wants to reincarnate or this person wants to be born and how do you particularly describe or embody these emotions how do you sit down and give an account of the the questioning that someone would experience if they're like okay well what do you want to experience well i want to experience a white house picket fence 2.5 kids great life lots of fun great parties and um progression and adaptation you know, like th those things are very specific when it comes to someone describing one's own life. And I always wanted to give this account of what, and it, it had to be like a disembodied point of 
a soul or something like this that would experience these things because I never thought that it would just be an angel or just be some character or some floating soul that would experience incarnation and then have the opportunity of coming back. And I'll be like, no, no, that that's fine. But I, I wanted it to be some characters who were cognizant but completely oblivious. And these characters embodied that. And even I put in other legendary characters throughout life, such as um, Art Engel, Michael, and others too. And, and I just wanted it to be uh, one of those like Disney movies or something like that where people come and it just becomes a, a entire ordeal. From there, you, you could basically get some frame of reference as to where my thinking was going. And I, I explained it, even the door of a thousand destinies or tape or doors that these characters were something that I was building up towards. And so it's almost as if it's a segue to the next piece. And when I do pieces like this, it's purposefully so when I think about it. And, and I want it to be Palm, Lemire, and Kalu, and then understanding, okay, well, they make these decisions, and then this goes this way. And quite possibly it could lead to this, or it can go to this. But it's never truly just a guarantee. It's just a, a premise. And to imagine what a, a soul will go through, you can talk to or look throughout literature and, and look through people and their accounts, transfigurations and all kind of legendary things that have been around since the beginning of time, honestly. But for me, I wanted to make it fun. I, I wanted it to make it something uh, really, really colorfully different, but something that if you obviously got the opportunity to experience then you would make your own journey type of scenario and mentality for that and so i was like well okay let me name this through the cosmic rabbit 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 gate and back again <laughs> let me describe something that i know that i would be interested in and it would satiate my palate and let me find some way of expressing that and I ultimately came up with this solution and, and you can hear the difference in the cadence or how I was utilizing the rhyme scheme but I'll, I'll let you decide and I'll explain and this is through the cosmic rabbit hole gate of fate and back again creation stood it could not wait the angeloids manifested physicality unconcerned with weight nor which way to take Vibrations taste sweet and bitter, oxymoronically on time, yet ever so late. Michael swung his sword, the thousand faced gate, sprang forth through a crack in etheric space. The shards of destiny moistened to the touch of attention. Destruction never knew the thought of constriction, limitations, washing upon the realms of consciousness's bay, enclave renditions. The heat from the cores of countless planets unleashed their calm fury on the state. Unprepped, performance rose to the occasion. Layers upon layers of realities played their karmic movies, leaving no time to digest the meaningful tepid cake, undulating, grooving craters. <laughs>
<clears throat> so, as you can see, it looks like a scene from a science fiction after school special. We have planets in the background, we've got craters, we've got giant celestial bodies moving, and then you have these beings being incarnated and jumping over and kind of like an obstacle course when it came to going about carnation. And no, in any way, shape, or form is this similar to something else. It is not a dream. And like I mentioned before the other day, it, it's definitely not purgatory or heaven or hell. I wanted it to be devoid of those renditions and those accounts of what someone truly even thinks. I wanted it to be a bit more as if they were in the middle of a galaxy being born and then they were just trying to figure out their decisions of incarnation at the same time. And so that's why I included certain fantastic outer space, out of body type of things. And obviously there are colors and things there too, but I just wanted to interject this and play off of the senses of what someone may or may not believe themselves to experience. In no way was it just to throw someone off as the reader. I wanted to enchant uh, someone with their imagination. Uh, and that's why I said uh, the angeloids or named them as such. And it says unconcerned with weight nor which way to take. And so they were unconcerned with their lack of gravity or the ability to just simply float. And vibrations taste sweet and bitter oxymoronically on time yet ever so late. And so to understand these spectrum of things and how to taste colors and this being born or proverbially going through carnation and what it takes to do so is something of excitement and vibrations taste uh, the sounds and things gave different um, different registers in their mind as to what they were experiencing the same way we do here on earth but obviously it's different in a different space and so Michael swung his sword to thousand face gates sprang forth through a crack in etheric space. And if you think of a thousand face door that has no ceiling and continues on forever half in a day, what would be the things that you would look up to this said door for? What would be the things that you ask of it? Or would you just simply stare? There's a bajillion things that you can ask someone uh, just by the things that they wish to experience throughout life. And for me, uh, I wanted this to be the onset of something, and it had it to add to an epic idea, and it was the reasoning. And if you look at the fourth book that I have, and the title of it, which I'll name to you later, it basically is indicative of this said story. Uh, a thousand faces or a door to a thousand destinies however you want to verse it it's just a space where it continues on infinitely and it is not necessarily a dream
and I wanted that to be portrayed in a different way and like I say I don't even know how to even describe a new space or a new type of mentality or realm to someone if you are just simply um, giving accounts or giving colors or giving certain things that um, make sense so that that was one of my reasonings for doing so and where the title of the fourth book inevitably comes from and so I'll talk about that again too obviously later honestly and truly I can't really go into how long I've thought about just what it takes to uh, the point of carnation and this this that and the third but I thought it was an interesting thing to talk about how and why and the things that someone would ask and the reasoning why they would ask of such a thing and obviously for me if I was to ask or one of the things that I would see if I was to be incarnated and I would think about it and I'm thinking I'm like okay well um hmm hmm and and go through every meticulous thing from the details to all of what I would want to experience the colors the sounds the experiences the surprises uh, the things that I want to remember and the things that I would want to forget and the things that I would want to make important to me obviously would be an overall theme of the experience and if I was to ask God or whoever it was that was handling it, I would just be like, well, the experience of, and to make it fun and for me not to be an asshole, like that would be something that I would be extremely excited about, something that I would want to have as not only an overlaying theme, but even if I was to forget said theme, I would still have it on autopilot. <laughs> I would still have something as far as something to shoot for, and, and that's where this goal um, would come from. And that's why uh, it says vibrations taste sweet and bitter, bitter uh, oxymoronically on time, yet ever so late, and know which way to take. And so it says uh, the heats from the cores of countless planets unleash their calm fury on the stake. Unprepped performers rose to the occasion. Layers upon layers of realities played their karmic movies, leaving no time to digest. The meaningful tepid cake undulating, grooving craters. Michael's great Michael's song split somber yet honorary as he sang a rift, never to be repeated again. This is as far as I go. I will be with you, but you will may not recognize my face. We will guide you if there is no meaning to your existence upon the surface it would still not register as a mistake go shine upon understanding on this hazardous mystery retrieve those that have already been dispatched in moon iris's wake palm's elegant song saying serenely surreptitiously plum chess serendipitous antiquity wait there are more of us and so just as the way that this ends as I, I love all one shots or any other points of looking at uh, what would you call a comic book and just ending not on a flat note but ending on an open-ended note and how to masterfully and, and I say masterfully do so and 
basically Palm asking like, wait, our Angel Michael is asking us to go out and explore incarnation and explore the rest of this world. But time out. You just said that there were more of us. Where did all of these more people go? Like, and it just leads to more questions and more questions. <laughs> and leaving those types of stories in such accounts always adds to a different type of aha moment the next time I explain something or the next time I come back to it. And not generally or not often enough do I actually give an account as to why. But you, you need to understand if you've seen Rod Serling, if you've seen the, the Twilight Zone or Alfred Hitchcock or any comic book, you understand how one shots and stories like that work. So thank you guys for listening. This is V, a.k.a. Vernon English. And yeah, this is this is Hearing Colors to Kill Sounds the podcast and this is one of my favorite stories and storylines and we'll come back to justice and the ending and why i chose it as such there's many different endings that i could have chosen for the second book and many exciting things but ultimately i wanted it to be an inquisitive one an inquisitive nature an asking nature for people to see uh, for this one so Thank you all. Hopefully this makes your day all the more complicated and super, super complex and has you thinking at your coffee table to the point where you just can't finish your coffee. You're like, what? I can't even put cream and sugar in here anymore. I don't even, what? Just straight black. Nah. (laughs) Have a great day. This is V and thank you. Peace, peace.